You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are previewing the Miami basketball matchup for Notre Dame this upcoming weekend. And then additionally, we will hear from recruiting insider for Notre Dame, Mike Singer. Second time coming on the show, we're going to hear from him about this past recruiting class, some interesting tidbits, and then also looking ahead at some possible transfers. Before we get into that, I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So this Miami game, Ryan, is a really interesting one coming around the corner. Notre Dame Still struggling, coming off of a victory against Boston College, needing this game to be a stepping piece to continue some momentum after their recent victory. They're going to be playing 6 p.m. on January 24th on the ACC Network. I believe that is this Sunday. This Miami team, though, 6-7 and seven right now on the season. Their one notable win from that 6 win mark there a lot of small schools I think Jacksonville was one of them not a lot of big programs but they did beat Purdue so that is is worth noting that is a team that Notre Dame lost to currently coming off of a 83 to 57 loss to Syracuse which is a pretty bad score to get knocked around by that Syracuse team but just taking a look at this this Miami Hurricane team Ryan it's a bit odd to analyze them and the one takeaway I have is this is a really good opportunity and I think a very good matchup for Notre Dame. And obviously, I feel like I'm jinxing the Irish when I say this. They are in a very good position to win this basketball game because if you look at their deficiencies, they turn the ball over a lot. They're undisciplined. 14 turnovers a game. They're only shooting 27% from three. Most of their top minute players, the guys that play the most, are not very big. Most of them, I think the tallest guy is like 6'6". They do have some seven-footers, they, they do have uh, Nazir Brooks, who is seven foot, but he does not have one of those top uh, minute totals. The rest of the group is just tiny. And there's one guy that caught your eye, Ryan, and it caught mine too. Uh, when we're talking specifically about Chris Likes, who is only five foot seven, that overall height differential, I think, plays well into what Notre Dame brings to the table because they have a lot of tall, long guys. I think like Nate Lashevsky, Dane Goodwin, Cormac Ryan. A taller group, not a, a domineeringly tall group, but taller than this Miami group that we're going to see this weekend. Yeah, and I, I just kind of, kind of had my heart broken before we started with with Chris Likes, man, because I'm looking up like five seven. He's averaging 15 points a game. That's so much fun. 45 from three, 90 percent from free throw, and then I just realized that he hasn't played since early December. So I don't even know if he's playing right now. I checked the last game's box score, oh, and he was not you. playing. Uh, he's only played in two games, but he uh, he has a, a ton of fun, man. And uh, Isaiah Wong, like you said, though, there is no size here. <laughs> like, even with, with Chris Likes not playing, we're still talking about 6'6 as the tallest main contributor on this team. Now, I do, I do think Isaiah Wong is a really talented player. Uh, there's a couple guys that are worth noting and keeping an eye on, but, like, this is not an outside-oriented team. They're not going to beat you stretching out the defense. Notre Dame easily has the size advantage. Juwan Dorm's coming off of a really nice outing. Nate Lashevsky's six foot ten. Like they have some size here that I think is going to be a little too much for Miami in the end of the day because they're going. They're Miami's just a little too streaky. 
do not have great size to match up with Notre Dame. And although, you know, they did have the, the Purdue win, like you kind of highlighted already, which is a good ba- good win, obviously. I don't think that they have quite enough to match up against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's coming off of one of those get-right games against Boston College. So I think that I feel pretty good about this game. Uh, should be a little bit of a fun matchup, though. Miami's a little bit of a uh, question mark. You know, we've seen spurts of some good things, kind of like Notre Dame in a degree. But I think that Notre Dame definitely has the advantage, especially when we're talking about size and the ability to beat this team up down low. Yeah, and one of the matchups I'm definitely going to be watching is between Durham and their own graduate senior, Nasir Brooks, who is listed at seven foot, averaging seven rebounds per game. The general takeaway, though, here, and as we have alluded to, this is a really good matchup for this Notre Dame team. And the way that I look at it, based on the fact that they're inconsistent, they're streaky, when they make mistakes, they are bad mistakes. They got beaten pretty handedly by Boston College because they just could not shoot. They could not shoot, and they were turning the ball over a ton. And this is a situation now for Notre Dame where they could produce very similar results against the Hurricanes. And I look at this as an opportunity to continue and build a little bit of momentum. If you win two in a row, you get maybe you're not going to be like, oh my God, we're the best team in the conference, obviously, but you can be a little bit more confident in yourselves. Like, all right, guys, we're back where we are. You know, we're, we're capable of stringing together multiple wins and we need to do that to finish this season strong. If they play within their structure and play the, the game, uh, the style of play that they're good at, which is being consistent from three, shooting and taking a lot of good three-point shots, not forcing it too much, and then... On top of it, um, not turning the ball over, being very protective of the ball. If you can play within that very simple, uh, fundamentally sound structure that we've seen Notre Dame be able to play at early this season and in the past, and not forcing things too much, not desperately trying to chuck up every three that you see, this is going to be a really good opportunity for them to win their second ACC game. Yep, and a, and a couple games in a row. It'll be just it's it's about getting into rhythm here because, like you said, this Miami team, fourteen turnovers a game, twenty seven percent from three. They are not they're they're a type of team that's just going to kind of shoot themselves in the foot too often. You know that's why they're not super successful, only off to a six and seven start. So Notre Dame just needs to play within themselves, play your game, keep control of the ball. We haven't seen you know. Uh, turnovers haven't been a huge issue for Notre Dame, so just stay stay consistent to what you are, man. Get some good spacing, knock down some shots, and let Miami hurt themselves. Because if, if what we've seen all year so far is Miami does some things, especially in the turnover department, that kind of wastes away some games and wastes away some, some runs. and They're not the most disciplined team in the world, so let a team like that shoot themselves in the foot and then take advantage of it afterwards. Coming up, we are going to hear from Notre Dame recruiting insider Mike Singer. Before we get into that, we're going to talk to you folks. Ryan is going to have a message uh, for you about Rock Auto. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will look like and and sort of like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know that we were the ones that sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And now joining the show is Mike Singer, recruiting insider for Notre Dame at Rivals and BlueAndGold.com. Mike, second time on the show. Thank you for taking the time to hop in with us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. Always love talking some recruiting with you as this is you know, such an exciting uh, piece added to the Notre Dame uh, football coverage. First thing that we want to get in here and, and discuss with you, the Jack Cohn decision for him to come to Notre Dame, I think, was a bit of a surprise for some Notre Dame fans. What were your thoughts on on him coming to Notre Dame? Did you think that this is a good fit and this makes sense? Uh, and, and also, maybe, were you expecting this to happen? I was expecting a graduate transfer quarterback. I think when you mentioned, Joe, like the surprise, maybe it was just kind of like it came all like out of nowhere um you know like there there's some people who were kind of reading the tea leaves all right you know this might happen um but it, it did come together very fast i mean uh, notre dame had a couple of conversations with jack Cohn in between the time he entered the transfer portal december 20th and the notre dame alabama game which was january 1st so a couple of conversations there in that what 11 day span and then um between that Friday, Notre Dame's loss against Alabama, to that Monday, you know, the two parties, Notre Dame and uh, and Jack Cohn, were talking a ton. Um, so it kind of went quickly. Uh, Jack Cohn's a kid who was committed to Notre Dame on a cross on team, you know, back in uh, ninth or tenth grade of high school before his football recruiting took off. So it just made a lot of sense to him when he hit the portal. Um, after spending uh, a few seasons at Wisconsin, he wanted to be at Notre Dame, um, and it worked out for him. Um, and in terms of him as a player, um, different than Ian Book um, in terms of he's less mobile. Um, he's not like a statue, like a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, um, but you know he's not going to be an Ian Book improviser. But Jack Cohn is you know, six, three. So you're, you're going to get a, and a true six, three. So you're getting a taller quarterback there. So different quarterback than Ian book. Um, I'm excited for the quarterback drama because we haven't really had that. Um, what since 2018. So, you right. know, this, you know, you get a new starting quarterback, uh, position battled at that position, which will be a lot of fun. So, um, Solid player. Is he going to be, you know, that Tua, 
um, you know, Trevor Lawrence level guy. No, he's not Justin Fields. That's not him, but he is going to be the, he, in my opinion, he's the perfect stopgap quarterback from Ian book to maybe a Tyler Buckner um, or a Drew Pine. Like, um, cause the guys you bring back Drew Pine and Brendan Clark, and then bringing in Tyler Buckner, Ron Paulus, you combine for zero starts there. Um, and that's not a knock on those guys. It's just Ian books been the starting quarterback for so stinking long um, that when would those guys have been able to start a game or see meaningful action because Ian book has been so durable too. So it made a ton of sense to go get a grad transfer quarterback, especially with what um, Brian Kelly has called a cranky knee on Brendan Clark. So you, uh, you know, you mentioned how it was not surprising to you that they went out and got a transfer quarterback. How active were they in trying to maybe recruit some other guys separate from Cone or just in general in looking into these guys? And do you think that's just they they don't want to start a true freshman or they don't? trust Tyler Buckner and Tyler right off the bat? Is it just a matter of, of trying to have something consistent, someone that has experience going into this next season? Yeah, you have to have the experience. I mean, Tyler Buckner and staff loves him, but he didn't even have a senior season um, and he's enrolling early. So California might've had a spring season, but you know, he's enrolling um, at Notre Dame here in a couple weeks. So yeah, you just needed that experience in there. Um, I mean, I've seen some Notre Dame fans who are like, well, let's just start Buckner, take our lumps, maybe win eight games rather than go 10 and two or 11 and one with the Jack Cone. And it's like, if you're the Notre Dame coach, if you can't think like that, like you got to win now, your, your job is, is to win now. And, you know, I mean, th- what you're going to tell your seniors, Hey, sorry, this year is just kind of a, your, your SOL. Cause this is our rebuilding year. Like you can't do that. Um, in college football. So um, I'll also add Notre Dame is always looking in the transfer portal. Um, you know, every name that goes in there, they're looking and evaluating. They're much more likely to take a grad transfer than they are a, a undergrad transfer because of, um, you know, just, just the academics for Notre Dame. And it's, it's much more difficult to get an undergrad guy in. But um, I think Jack Cohn just made the most sense from the – schematic fit the personality fit um just kind of across the board Mm -hmm. and mike i know when we talked um probably the last time when you actually came on map sports take with us we talked a lot about the the state of college football and how everything is just kind of on top of their head right now and the transfer portal we keep talking about because there's so many kids in there i feel like every day we're just getting more and more and it's a tough – I know it's a tough landscape to kind of make sense of because there's so many moving parts, but do you think that Notre Dame could potentially be in the market for some more grad transfers? Are there any people that stand out to you? Like what is kind of that market looking like? Yeah, like I said, they're every name that comes in they're looking at. Um, I think there's some positions that make sense more than others. Um, a receiver, like look, look at the position where Notre Dame lost the most mm-hmm. receiver. You lose Ben Skronik, Javon McKinley. Um, you have some talented guys behind them. You're, you're Kevin Austin, your Braden Lindsay, your Jordan Johnson's, um, even Jay Burnell, Xavier. Ross. So there's a true freshman, Lorenzo Styles, the uncles are coming in, uh, you know, Lawrence Keys. There's just so many talented players there. Um, and I'm sure some Notre Dame fans say, you forgot. So, so you know, like there's a ton of talented receivers. Um, but you still, uh, just like there's talented quarterbacks on the roster, you would think that, you know, bring in uh, another 
um, receiver to just like they did with Ben Skoranek this season. And, and I thought he had a solid 2020 campaign. Um, you know, you, you lose some defensive ends, you know, Ovia Gofu entered the transfer portal, Ade Ogundeji, which you guys just had on mm-hmm. the pod, mm-hmm. by the way, saw was pretty sweet. So I think, you know, maybe a defensive lineman, um, you know, you lose Jack Lamb. Do you look at a linebacker? You lose Jeremiah Sukoromoa. So um, safety, Houston Griffith, Griffith entered the transfer portal. Notre Dame, um, from what I'm told, would love to have him back from the portal. So those are some positions that make sense. I mean, again, but if the the fit is right and the player is good enough, then Notre Dame will go after him. But I think one thing fans do is – Kid enters the portal. The first thing they do is go look at what he's ranked as a recruit. Oh, man, number 16 player in the country. Or, oh, man, highly ranked four-star. He's a five-star. But people need to really get that. For the most part, people either enter the portal because, one, they weren't getting playing time. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Notre Dame's transfers, right? I mean, all of them pretty much except for – um, Houston Griffith, you know, just didn't play a ton um, this past season and are looking to, you know, go get a starting role somewhere else. Or there's, it's a, this is much more rare, but a, a player who is maybe at like a UNC Charlotte or like a Texas State who's just an absolute stud who now can go up to a, a bigger school like a Notre Dame. So, um, you know, sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side for, you know, if you're a Notre Dame fan, like, wow, we need to go get this transfer portal kid because, you know, he was ranked this high out of high school by journalists. Well, you know, the guy you want him to start over, maybe was even ranked higher in high school. So we got to stop worrying <laughs> about high school ranking so much, um, you know, you know, because that's just, I mean, now you're looking at something that's three or four years old, um, mm-hmm. that ranking. So. Uh, people enter the portal for a reason. Um, so Notre Dame's not going to live off the transfer portal. The coaches say that in the press conferences, but they'll always look at it. We're going to finish up this conversation with Mike very shortly. Before we do, folks, let's talk about bet online. Are we ready for some football? We have the AFC and NFC championship games this weekend. Chiefs versus Bills. On the other side of things, we have Bucks versus Packers. Fantastic matchups. There's only one place that you should be betting on for these games, and that place is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Do you think the Bills could possibly upset the Chiefs? Do you think Tampa Brady is going to knock off the Green Bay Packers to head to the Super Bowl. If you have that hunch that it's going to happen, put some money down, make yourself some extra beer money when the Super Bowl rolls around. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Speaking of you know those high school rankings, we got a early commitment, another one for this 2022 class. Tyson Ford was it a huge get uh, to add to the group, talented defensive end. We were excited when we saw that he chose to pick Notre Dame over the other schools that he was deciding between. Separate from Ford, though, we've got a, a good amount of time here, a long stretch until the next signing day, very, very long time. Who are some other 
bigger name guys that you think you could foresee committing to the Irish at some point, or maybe um, it could be at least be in the mix. Yeah. Uh, on January 20th, I actually wrote an article who's next to commit to Notre Dame. So uh, you guys have to check that out at blueandgold.com. Uh, use promo code Irish 60. If you're not a member there, it gets you two months free. Um, I'll give you guys three names. Um, the first, you got to start at quarterback. Notre Dame doesn't have a quarterback commitment. Um, and I've been covering Notre Dame since May of 2019. That's when I got the, the job at BGI. And um, at that point, Notre Dame already had Tyler Buckner committed for the 2021 class. So I went 15 months without covering a quarterback recruitment. Wow. Um, until Notre Dame offered Gavin Wimsat um and steve angeli last uh this past august so um still are the only two quarterbacks notre dame's offered do they offer more we will see but i'm thinking that steve angeli will end up as notre dame's quarterback commit put in the rivals future cast pick uh, which is basically our way to put in predictions for prospects on where they're landing i put in a pick for him to go to notre dame the day after he got the offer in mid-august still feel like that's going to happen um, he's got such strong connections to the fighting Irish program. His great uncle played for Notre Dame. Um, he called, he, he knows Quentin Nelson. You know, when I was interviewing Steve, I remember last August, he was referring to Quentin as, as Mr. Nelson. And, uh, I mean, there's just a ton of ties there. So, and he, he took a self-guided tour visit. Um, to Notre Dame back in December, um, dead period is still going on, so can't see the coaches. So he was on campus actually when Notre Dame was in Charlotte getting whooped by uh, Clemson. So um, there's one, um, I, I think, Steve Angeli, a matter of time uh, that the New Jersey four-star quarterback ends up in Notre Dame's class. I went out to see him in September, throw around a little bit, and pretty impressed by him. Everyone wants to say, well, is he going to put us over the top? And I'm like, guys, I, I, I don't know. You're going to have to ask somebody else. <laughs> Um, if I was a quarterback guru and could tell you that, I'd be making a lot more money than I am now. Um, other name I will go to is linebacker Sebastian Cheeks, who Marcus Freeman, new, new defensive coordinator, um, has been working on. I'm sure you guys have been talking about Mr. Freeman a good bit, and he's been um, a dog on the recruiting show already um, and have been really impressed by him. So Sebastian Cheeks is a guy I felt was a Notre Dame lean when Clark Lee was still at, uh, was still at Notre Dame. When Lee leaves, Cheeks is devastated. Freeman comes in and Cheeks is like, oh, this is great because I love this guy when he was at Cincinnati. So it worked out uh, great for, for Sebastian Cheeks. So, um, you know, that's a, a four-star prospect from um, Evanston in Chicago suburbs. So, uh, and the third guy I'll mention is Billy Shrouth, who I felt is a Notre Dame lean since June, July. Um, you know, Mahler interior offensive lineman from Wisconsin. He would be Notre Dame's first Wisconsin player in like 15 years, or if, if not longer, hmm. uh, which is crazy to think about. It's just a couple states over. So uh, Jeff Quinn's done a great job there. Notre Dame has two offensive line commits already, um, and Joey Tenona and Ty Chan. Um, Shroud would be a fantastic third offensive lineman, and um, the offensive line tradition in Notre Dame is so strong, and the offensive line recruiting um, continues to be very good. And I, I, Mike, I, just a quick side note. I've heard the Wisconsin offensive line group in 2022 is like outrageous or something this year from what I'm hearing. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So you have Shrouth there and Notre Dame's also offered Carson Hinsman and Joe Brunner from Wisconsin in that class. So it's kind of funny is, is they were offering those guys and then they're supposed to be playing 
um, Wisconsin. Of course, that game did not happen, but now they will be playing in 2022. And hopefully that game in Lambeau um, is rescheduled. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, last question I have for you, Mike, is obviously, you know, we I know the the talking point down the stretch until sign day was, is there going to be a second running back in the class? Of course, New Jersey guy, we're both from New Jersey and Audric Estime ends up at Notre Dame. And then it seems like there might be some unsettling between Notre Dame and Logan Diggs. It seemed like he wasn't maybe the most thrilled with maybe the, a couple of late offers. I'm not really sure. Maybe if you can kind of just show the light on that on that situation and if there's any update on Logan in general. Yeah, I mean, you know, here I am, 27-year-old guy, um, reporting based on a 17, 18-year-old kid just tweeting LOL. You know, (laughs) what does that LOL mean? Did he just hear a funny joke, um, uh, you know, about a a horse walking into a bar? Or is it about Notre Dame offering Audrick Estime two days before National Signing Day? Like, who who freaking knows? Um, But, yeah, so... Uh, uh, Logan Diggs landed an LSU offer a week before National Signing Day. This is the the first signing day back in mid-December. And, uh, you know, strongly considering the Tigers. And then um, he tweets out on National Signing Day night. So we've been December 16th. He tweets out, you know, I'm waiting until February. Mm. Um, I can't remember the exact wording of his tweet. Um, so it kind of are you thinking all right Notre Dame LSU battle down the stretch well LSU signed a second running back so if he was if Logan Diggs was upset that Notre Dame was taking a second running back well (laughs) what are you going to go be the third running back for LSU um so you're again you're I was told that LSU would still have taken Logan Diggs and won him as that third running back but so we're expecting this battle between LSU and Notre Dame down the stretch into that February the first Wednesday in February crickets it's been very silent huh so I will say this. In November, Notre Dame offered a running back recruit, Byron Cardwell, in San Diego. I've reached out to Byron in the past couple months. It's been crickets from him and Notre Dame. He is not hearing from Notre Dame. So I think that might be an indication, fellas, that uh, Notre Dame feels pretty good about Logan Diggs. So we'll just leave it at that. All right. Well, that's that's good to hear that that might be resolved. Hopefully it is. <laughs> Don't need any running back drama that would be (laughs) bad heading into next season but uh mike that's all we had for you thank you for taking the time to hop on again really appreciate it uh where can again uh you obviously plugged it the first time you came on here but for any new listeners where can people find all your stuff and on you on social media yeah just go to blueandgold.com you'll find everything you need there you can follow me on twitter um rivals underscore singer but what you really want to do folks especially maybe for our younger crowd, our YouTube page is, is lit. I, I'm really enjoying our YouTube stuff on this upcoming Tuesday. We're going to be doing a, a live show to like a recruiting Q and a with myself and Patrick angle. So uh, I think if you just search blue and gold illustrated uh, or even Notre Dame football on YouTube, you should be able to find us. No problem. Folks, make sure you go and check that out. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in folks. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on locked on Irish And also leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening. Tomorrow's episode, we are going to hear from Tom Loy, another recruiting expert for Notre Dame football. Follow us on social media, at LockedOnIrish, at Joe DeLeon, and at Rise and Draft. And if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on over to LockedOnNFL or LockedOnFL.